Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, and man, we have flown through this high school football season rather quickly. We are already in week 11, talking playoffs, district championships sewn up, and Sponge, it has flown by, and last week's games may have been the most interesting ones of a long and interesting season. Definitely. We, we talk about it, you know, week one, it's here, then all of a sudden, you know, you're a quarter of the way through, halfway through, and now, you know, you got selection Sunday, Sunday, you know, playoff brackets will be out, you know, district titles are pretty much sewn up, playoff spots, I guess, are, you know, this last week here with points and, you know, trying to get that last little bump to, to try to get in the playoffs, you know, hope for some upsets here and there, but it's, it's, uh, it's over and done with it, and we're almost on to the, to the next part of the season. It is, it is almost here, and uh, the final week of games last week wrapped up district competitions. So we know our district champions pretty much uh, everywhere. There's still some point scenarios that will be decided uh, come selection Sunday, but we have a pretty good idea of who that, uh, you know, a district champ like Crescent City uh, in, in Atlantic and Lake Weir, that district still looks like Crescent City uh, is going to get in that one. Again, there strange things that happen. There could be forfeits in this final, uh, this final week or something like that. I don't know if Flag or Palm Coast had to forfeit some games. Uh, recently, and um, you, you get in those scenarios late in the season where something like that could alter it. So we hate to say things are completely sewn up with the um, with the caveat of, of something late could emerge and pop up um, as they uh, have in the past. But what we know now, after last week, some great ones on Thursday and Friday night last week's sponge that we want to uh, touch on. Fletcher, 30, First Coast, 18. Jackson 21, Reigns 12, Mandarin 24, Sandalwood 14, and White 34, Westside 0. Those were all district games uh, that helped determine district champion sponge. Let's uh, let's talk about Fletcher First Coast first. That was uh, Seattle Basin's second district championship in as many years. C4 has got those guys rolling. They're looking like an eight-win team in the regular season. They've got Atlantic Coast this week, should win that game pretty easily. Fletcher is feeling it really feel like they click under C4 in the second year. Definitely. He's, uh, he's had them going and we've talked about him last year. You know, that was his first season and they kind of prided themselves more so defensively. They were kind of a tough, rugged, scrappy team. And, uh, you know, offense was kind of just coming together a little bit and they, they were able to win some games last year, you know, beat Nice to win that district this year, kind of the same formula has been the, uh, the process and, you know, it, Play good defense, and you know the quarterback play has been really good now with Tate. Um, that was a heck of a highlight he had running over that dude on the goal line. Uh, but yeah, back to back district titles. You know the the sky's the limit for those guys. They're just continuing to get better, and you know I see good things happen for the Senators in the years to come as long as C four yeah, is uh, really, at the helm. Really, a, a turnaround for them. I mean, last year they they kind of almost. I mean, they won a district championship, yes, but they were not an impressive team. At right. all. I mean, they, they win low scoring games and I guess it doesn't matter how you win, but just from a uh, viewing perspective from, um, you know, just a, a kind of a dominant team, they were not that they kind of kind of felt their way to wins last year. And this year, I feel like they've been far more dominant. The win over first coast was not even that close. I know the, the Bucks yeah. got some late um, and just a great season and good season for first coast too. Um, they are five and three. They need some help to get to the playoffs as an at-large team, but you know, Marty Lee getting, uh, in the, the latter stages of his uh, decorated career uh, and a good turnaround for first coast to be in the, the district conversation after an 0 and 10 season 
They may not have won the district championship, but still a good bounce back season for the Buccaneers. Uh, but I, I like the trajectory of Fletcher. You still got another year with Marcellus Tate. Anthony Baglianti has looked great as a receiver. They've just really had some questions answered that were not uh, that, that were kind of recurring questions last year. Would this offense ever improve? And they showed that they could, um, you know, make that transition from one year to the next. Really good season uh, from uh, from Seattle Basin and company. They're going to go to the playoffs as a district champ. Another one last week, the big one. We've talked about them all year. Jackson 21, range 12, sponge out was kind of a, a coming of age game for Jackson. Really didn't matter what you did up until that point last week. And they answered the bell, beat Reigns. Great second half from them. And, you know, showcased some offensive issues for Reigns. But I really think Jackson, I mean, how much have they grown up over the last two seasons? Definitely. We, we, we pegged this game, I think, both of us dead on last week. We kind of broke it down and talked about it. And, you know, Jackson, another team kind of like Fletcher, where they kind of pride themselves on their defense first, play real physical ball, you know, control the game, keep it low scoring, and then, do enough on offense to just eke out and win some games. You know, they've kind of just done that kind of all season, had some, you know, the tight one against Riverside, you know, one by touchdown the week before against Baker uh, and Reigns. We knew that it was going to be a kind of defensive struggle, a defensive battle and, you know, which, which teams made the right plays on offense. And and that's basically what they did. They, they stuck with their formula and it proved to, uh, you know, eight and one, they've been undefeated in the state of Florida, had that first loss against Brunswick. And, you know, kind of just clipped everybody week by week. And they just continue to win. And I just – I like their scrappiness. So, you know, depending on their draw and who they get, you know, let's see if they can make some noise in the playoffs. Just a remarkable season for Jackson. And, you know, again, uh, we preface this with, you know, Jackson is 8-1 is and one this year, looking at a 9-1 and one regular season if they beat First Coast. But, I mean – I mean, you remember Jackson, how bad they were after Kevin Sullivan left. I mean, this team was was a homecoming game. How many weeks out of the year? They were just not a good program. And, you know, for whatever reason that was. And, you know, they went to a magnet school. They, you know, they just didn't have the players to to get it done. And, I mean, in, in really in three short years, they have turned things around to become a team that is seated number one in the region. They're probably going to get a a top playoff seed in uh, in district one in region one two M. Uh, that's a remarkable turnaround. And winning that district championship was uh, the first key to that. I mean, really, the the step to that then unlocks it all. Doesn't matter what you do in the regular season, you still got to win. You don't want to go in that regular. Uh, you don't want to go in as an at large team and potentially slip down in uh, in in playoff seeding there. So getting that win and doing it against Reigns, I mean, the preeminence public school team in Duval County really says to me that this Jackson team is for real. And yeah, again, you beat the other guys, you beat Rebalt, you, you have some good times, but I mean, beating Reigns at Reigns and kind of uh, showing, you know, showing the the team. I mean, Reigns is so decorated of a program, three state championships, countless NFL guys, and you, you go over to the graveyard and you knock them off and you, you could win the gateway championship as well, provided how you finish. I mean, just a remarkable turnaround for Jackson considering how bad that program had fallen down. Yeah, definitely. It, it's like we've talked about it again and again, week after week, just kind of what their their trajectory from being so bad homecoming game, like you said, to where now they're the bad boy, they're the bully on the block. And, 
you know, being the top seed, hopefully that gives you a favorable matchup to make a run in the playoffs, you know. And so I think they close out and, you know, win again Friday against First Coast and, and, and complete a 9-1 and one season. And just you can't say enough about, you know, who's Foy and the, and the guys over there, Pup, you know, those guys are just bought into everything and they just continue to to win like gritty, scrappy games, man. That's just kind of who they are. It's just their – it's just who who they who they are, and they, they I, I love that formula. And they, you know, I picked them to lose a couple of weeks against Baker County. Yeah. I mean, just their yeah. their offense was struggling. And what do they do that game? They come out, they use fantastic defense, some picks, some picks. I mean, deep in the red zone uh, by uh, by Baker County, and you come out and you play to your strengths. You do just enough on offense to stay a step ahead, and just a remarkable season. I I don't think you could talk about Jackson. And what Christopher Foy has done over there enough in three short seasons to really erase a uh, just about a decade of struggles and home being a homecoming game and zero and ten seasons, one and nine seasons, just a remarkable story. And and uh, I think that the story of the year uh, in this area to me is just that re- just resurgence of Jackson. Another one, Mandarin twenty four, Sandalwood fourteen, uh, district championship for uh, the Mustangs and Toby Bullock in his first year. Great season for Toby. Probably a little vindication, too, for Toby Bullock. I mean, he was the Wolfson head coach and, and left there after struggling. And after that, segued back into being a, uh, um, a an assistant, a coordinator. And really, this has been kind of um, a coming-of-age season for Toby as a head coach. And um, you win a district championship, you're going to get a nice seed in uh, in Region 1 for him. And just a nice performance by, uh, by Mandarin. To me, I mean, when you look at Mandarin, they're still almost a year away to me in terms of you know, some of their player makers are underclassmen. So we've not even Definitely. hit kind of the uh, the best of how these guys are going to be. So uh, nice for Mandarin to kind of maybe be a, a year ahead of schedule and win a district championship. Tramel Jones, Jamie French, and those guys getting it done uh, in, uh, as underclassmen. Yeah, definitely. I, I, we talked about Mandarin, and, and what I like about them is they kind of remind me of, uh, of Nice last year. They've got a good young quarterback who's well-proven, Got some playmakers on the outside who I think can, you know, to do some stuff. They played a, a fairly tough schedule. You know, they played some teams like like a Bulls, uh, like a Creekside. They get Bartram this week. You know, so they, they, they're a little bit battle-tested. So they've lost some games, you know, been in some tight ones and all that. So across the board, I think you got to be happy with where you are if you're managing, you know, winning the district. And, you know, now brand-new season. Let's, let's make some plays and, and, and see what happens with, with, uh, with Tramel and, and, and French and those guys on the offense and score some points and, and maybe, uh, you know, make a little run in the playoffs. So they kind of, like I say, they remind me a little bit of that Nice team from last year and to where I think they have the capability of doing something. And, you know, Mandarin, when they won a state championship, now I'm not saying they are able to go and win a state championship, but they did it as a six and four team, lost their right. last regular season game and just got hot at the right time. Uh, when they wandered under Bobby Ramsey with Carson Beck uh, during his junior season. So anything is possible once you get into that postseason. And, of course, this is the first year of Suburban and Metro. Well, interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. Last Friday night's games, remember we had two nights of high school football games last week, a lot of district games on Thursday and also on Friday. And Sponge, probably the biggest game in quite some upset, time at Bishop. Upset City. <laughs> Bishop yeah. Kenny. I, I was around town this week. and. I was out at lunch and I had somebody who recognized me and, um, and when I was eating lunch and they asked, what was the, what was the biggest game last week? What was the biggest upset? And I said, gotta be bowls, Bishop Kenton. And 
not since 1977, you know, has this happened where Bishop Kenny has beaten Bowles. They did it last week, 14 to 13 to win the district championship. And it was just a phenomenal effort from Tim Krause, James Reeser, uh, Jaden Harrison and the Crusaders to turn history on its side and win that game when you're not expected to win and beating the kind of the, the big brother in town. I mean, Bowles had owned that series. I mean, I was born in 1976 bunch. I was a year <laughs> old. I had just turned a year old the last time that Bishop Kenny beat Bowles. So what a remarkable turnaround for Tim Krause. This was a one-win team two years ago. And then, oh, by the way, you beat your biggest rival to win a district championship. Definitely. It was, uh, I was, I, you know, we talked about it, and we felt like Bishop Kenny had, has had a great season. Uh, we were kind of slighting maybe their schedule and their opponents that they had played before. You know, Bowles had, you know, that stretch where they lost several games in a row, but they played some big dog teams. They were about a little bit injuries here and there. You know, they were still trying to they're still trying to figure themselves out, I think, too. Um, with with, you know, obviously replacing the guys they're replacing on defense and a guy, you know, we talked about Cade Frew being gone on the offense, who was their albeit offensive weapon last year. So Bowles is kind of in a tricky, you know, learning process of what kind of team they are, but you just still felt like they had a little bit more. But uh, tip your cap to Bishop Kenny, man. They they played played the game that was like that low scoring, scored when they needed to, got you know held held uh, both to two field goals, and then got the late drive to to basically win the game. And you know hats off to those guys. And Bishop Kenny, like, like I said, it haven't surprised because they they've been pretty solid all year. And uh, I think it's just now, your 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 quality of competition too. Yeah, you know when you right. have when you have a team like. Hollis Christian on the schedule, right. you know, you're not exactly. in, you know, and you look at yeah, what's not all Wolf Room, like, you know, yeah. So Bowles played at least, you know, Trinity and uh, Benedictine and, you know, some of these other teams. So you're thinking, all right, they lost some of those games, but they, they the caliber of opponents were way better, you know, but again, Bishop Kenny said, not so fast, my friend. And, but here, here's my question out of the, since 1977, they don't play every year. How many times have they played since that? Do you 27. Even know? 27 times? 27. So, oh, Owen 27. Jeez, wow, that that's crazy. That's crazy. So it's, it's been a long time. You know, 45 years, 27 games, and uh, it's just it, unbelievable um, that BK dumped that, dumped that series on its head with that big win. And, again, you know, Bowles is still Bowles. And, that you know, again, the person yeah. that asked me that, they said, doesn't Bowles still run the town? Isn't Bowles still good in football? Yeah, Bowles is still really good in football. And you look at who Bowles has played and what they did to that district competition, you know, Wolfson and Episcopal before getting to Bishop Kenny. I mean, I honestly thought they were going to do the same thing to Bishop Kenny in, in that game, the similar type of performance uh, against Bishop Kenny as they did to like an Episcopal. And that was not the case. Obviously, Bowles is a transition. You're going to a passing attack. You're, you're starting younger guys. Um, you had Cade Frew and Jack Pyburn and Hayden Schwartz. And then you go to starting guys who were on the JV team last year. Yeah, it's a big change for Bowles. Uh, you're five and four. I mean, I can't remember the last time Bowles lost five games in a regular season, but that's very possible this Friday night when they yeah. play Buholtz. So a tough regular season for Bowles. They'll still make the playoffs as probably a four or five seed, which is fine. You're going to, you're going to have a tough draw. I mean, that, that region is loaded with local teams. Dude, that, You're talking that, that region, that region Rain. is loaded. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, man, this is going to be. It's probably the most juiciest one of all. 
a great, a great and tough <laughs> local region for sure. Definitely. Um, definitely. So very, um, very impressive, Bishop Kenny. Hat tip to Tim Krause for getting that done and you know tuning out the noise and distractions and you know the history in that game. I mean, history is big. We talked about this before when Bartram and St. Augustine played or Creekside and Bartram played. I mean, how much does history in a series factor into high school kids' minds? And it, it absolutely does. I mean, I'm sure it factors into coaches' mind, too, when you hear it or remind it, hey, Bartram Trail, you're 0-17 against St. Augustine all-time. Hey, Creekside, you're 1-13 against Bartram Trail all-time. It, it certainly has some kind of residual lasting impact on a team, um, even though kids say it does. Oh, we don't too we, – we tune that out or don't listen to the noise, yeah, well, but it you absolutely saw how, factors. You saw how they, uh, how they celebrated. So <laughs> it definitely meant something to them. And they knew they had got, you know, big brother finally. And, you know, since 77, 27 tries, all that, you, you saw the celebration from Bishop Kenny Friday night to know that, yeah, that definitely meant something to them that we hadn't beat these guys in a long, long time. So yeah, don't let all that fool you of, ah, we don't think about this team owning us. No, they, they definitely, want to get that record flipped and, you know, get that win, get that monkey off your back, all that stuff. Great effort by Bishop Kenny. And, and the last one from last week's sponge, you know, this game had really kind of lost some muster in the last couple of weeks with Palaka losing to Fernandina, but Bradford 35-14, Bradford giving up seven points all year. So Palaka had a small uh, moral victory on the, on the tornadoes in this instance, putting up 14 on them, but Bradford never in, never in trouble in that game. 35-14 over Palaka to wrap up the district championship. Uh, they're in uh, District 6-2S, so Bradford goes in. I think Bradford's toughest game of the season is this week against Swanee. Swanee is red hot coming in this game. They've won six in a row um, in the district championship last week against Wakulla. So that is going to be a great challenge for the Tornadoes heading into the playoffs where they're going to be a number one seed in uh, in uh, Region 2-2S. So will be a great matchup this week for Bradford. Um, but, you know, Palak, on the other hand, you go from 7-0, and and you've got St. Augustine this week in, in uh, the area's oldest rivalry, and you're going to go into the playoffs if you make the playoffs, which they probably still will, but on a three-game losing streak. How quickly have yeah. things kind of shifted for the yeah. Panthers? Definitely, I, and I, I think St. Augustine gets them Friday night as well. You know, just I, we talked about them, and they're another team that we were kind of like, Palaka's playing some really good football, but who have they beaten? Who have they played? You know, what's what's the caliber of competition they were they were facing? And you know, you can only play what's on your schedule. But you know, it was just you kind of looked at it like, okay, they're playing good ball, but we're really going to find out about them as the season draws, where they had to play a little bit of tougher teams. I think the big surprise is when they lost to Fernandina. You know, that's a team we feel like they should have beat. But you know, Bradford's been to me one of the Red hot, best teams. We talked about that defense been just ridiculous, giving up a touchdown before uh, Friday to Placa where they gave up two scores. But, you know, so they lose that one two in a row, like you say, and now things are not looking so hot. St. Augs kind of like resurged themselves and they're kind of winning some games. They're going in, you know, uh, at the end of the season playing better ball. So you kind of just like St. Aug in that game. And then, you know, boom, you're 7-0 and to 7-3, and three-game three losing streak. Now, if things are not going so high, I don't know who you're going to draw. Like you say, when you get in the playoffs to where you might lose four in a row and be done, you know, so they definitely need to find something and get back to, you know, how they were playing, you know, weeks one through seven and get back to that that formula because 
you start losing games, you start losing that lack of confidence, and, you know, things can just spiral. And Bradford, you know, Bradford's been one of our most consistent teams all season long. I mean, they beat a Baldwin team, handed Baldwin a red-hot Baldwin team. It's only loss. And they have just been airtight this year under Jamie Rogers and the district champion now. And um, they're going to get a number one seed in their region. Baldwin will probably be number two. Those two teams could meet in a regional final type of scenario. But Bradford has just been rock solid this year for Jamie Rogers. Okay, let's dive into our uh, top 10 ranking sponge. and. We were pretty much dead on last week. I don't have a lot of changes in mind. The only team I've got dropping out is Bowles. They were in last week, and with that loss to Bishop Kenny, they are out. I've got Reigns at 10, Ed White at 9, District Champion Commanders, Creekside at 8, Fletcher at 7 after their District Championship, Bishop Kenny in for me at number 6, University Christian up a spot to number 5, and then my 4, 3, 2, and 1 have not changed. Bradford, Jackson, Bartram Trail and Trinity Christian Bradford um, has been locked there for weeks. Jackson uh, at weeks as well. Bartram and Trinity. Trinity's going wire to wire at number one for me. SpongeBob probably about the same. Yeah, yeah. Top four, definitely the same. Trinity, Bartram, Jackson, Bradford. And I got UC at five. I've got the Fletcher Senators in C4 at six. Creekside at seven. The BK Crusaders at eight. Ed White at nine. And I got to give some love to the Baldwin Indians, baby. They're going at, at number 10. And they get they get Ed White this week, so a little 9-10 matchup. I did like Reigns there, but, you know, obviously in our final poll, you know, Reigns, if they win this week and Baldwin loses, then they can get back in there. But uh, pretty much the same top 10 bowls is out, obviously dropped out of, of mine as well. So, yeah, everybody's been kind of consistent. These teams have been the most consistent in the area and I think are the better teams. So, it's it's been pretty much the same for for both of us. Yeah, I've been pretty steady, and I I kept Reigns in this week instead of moving to Baldwin. I think if Baldwin beats White, um, Baldwin has a nice win over Baker County, but I still think there's a little bit more meat on the bone for some of these other teams. And I, I've I'd agree. Messaged all the time. Where's Baldwin? Why is Baldwin not? <laughs> they're they're right on that cut line for me. So I do think that um, they're right on. If I had a, a 10B, they would be 10B for me, but. Uh, I've got Reigns in there at number 10. I mean, Reigns' two losses are to Jackson, number four, and Trinity, number one. Trinity, so, yep. Yep. Uh, tough, to, tough to keep them out. Okay, this week, our week 11 games, fun. Uh, a lot on the line for some of these teams. Uh, Bishop Kenny, UC, for me, that's a 5-6 matchup. That's on Thursday. Great matchup there. Baldwin, that's a good game. mentioned that one. A very good one there. Mandarin at Bartram Trail, a good one there. And, you know, Bradford Swanee, we mentioned that one. Creekside, Pontevedra, a big game for both of those teams. Pontevedra still trying to jockey and get in uh, to the state playoffs. Uh, some other good ones, Buholtz at Bowles, a good one there. Uh, Jackson, First Coast, big one for both of those teams. Uh, more so for Jackson in terms of winning the Gateway Conference. Uh, First Coast needs it to get into the playoffs, really needs to finish strong there. Middleburg, Bernadina, Broncos probably in the playoffs at this point, but would be good for playoff positioning. And Nice to Coy Creek. Again, another good good game for Tacoy Creek. They could be a playoff team. And poor Nice. I mean, you <laughs> gotta you gotta beat a second year program if you Nice this year to have uh, a little bit of semblance of respect. I mean, they, they've been in some games. Heartbreaker last week against Pontevedra lost 35-34 in OT. But with a Florida quarterback commit, it, and you can't win two games um, against you know a second year program, Tacoy Creek. This has got a lot on the line for Nice. Um, you got to go out strong if you're that. Uh, Rebalt at Riverside. Riverside right now hanging on to the number eight spot. 
uh, in their region. So playoff spot for Riverside uh, is on the line. And this one, St. Augustine Palatka, um, a big one there. Really, historically, that's always been a great game, and Palatka needs the win. If you remember, Palatka tried to actually not schedule this game this year. They tried, they had St. Augustine off the schedule until kind of some public outcry. And then I believe the superintendent got involved and uh, and said, hey, you're scheduling this this game. So <laughs> you've got to play this game. And um, I do think that's a, that's a nice little perk to have that underlying. Palaka really wanted to avoid playing this game. Uh, but no, we get this game instead. Um, so sponge some good ones on tap this week. Still some storylines uh, with the new RPI, excuse me, the rankings points. These games matter. You know, week 11 used to never matter. And right. now with playoffs, it really matters. Yeah, it used to be, are you resting your players like the NFL guys? You know, let's we're, we're in the playoffs. We're in. Let's let's rest our guys and go in healthy, all that. Get a little pre-bye week and all that. Now you got to play these games and you got to try to win to, you know, assert yourself in the in the right spots. You know, uh, a one one spot bump could be a huge deal, you know, in your playoff seating. So, yeah, these games uh, mean something, which is kind of nice. Definitely. And I think I think you said it, the, the one off the top. Thursday night's game, the only night, I, I think Bishop Kenny, UC, you know, you, when you have Bishop Kenny get a big win like that, they beat big brother bowls. You know, UC's kind of been one of the other perennial, obviously winning a lot of state titles, kind of like Trinity, where Bishop Kenny hasn't really done that. So it, can they go back to back and beat, you know, UC this weekend? And uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup. I, I'd still would lean towards UC just because I think they've played, you know, some, some tough opponents and they've, they've, they're battle tested, and I like what Orel Gray's doing over there. He's been, you know, Mr. Do It All. They've they've played some good defense, and their offense has uh, been coming along as well. You know, there are lone losses to Trinity uh, in a tight game, so I think UC wins that one. But I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game, though, because a great game no slouch for Bishop Kenny. And right now, as it stands, UC is second in the region in uh, the the power rankings, and I don't think even with a loss, UC drops to third. So it looks like it's going to be Trinity Christian UC as the one, two yeah. teams in that region. Uh, so both those teams will get home playoff games and uh, more than likely meet in the second round of the playoffs, uh, provided yeah. something crazy doesn't happen with like a, um, you know, a first Academy Orlando Christian prep beating a UC or Trinity. I don't think there's a, I think there's probably more chance of me being hired at a ABC news or, you know, New York times or something like that tomorrow uh, based on uh you know, based on, on that. So more likely to happen than an upset there. So I don't think UC Trinity uh, gets beat. I think they play, uh, play in the regional finals. We talked about UC Trinity being the first of two in the regular season. I do think that comes to pass, but a great game. UC Bishop Kenny on Thursday night this week. And then again, you know, you're, you're talking playoffs on the line. I mean, Tacoy Creek, a second year program, more than likely in the playoffs, but you cannot lose to a one-win Nice team. For Nice, I think that would be the ultimate insult to uh, to a disappointing yeah. season. Losing so Tukoy, to a second year, Tukoy Creek. If Tukoy were to lose that game, would that bounce them from the playoffs? They're right on the cut line, so they're like in okay. that 7-8 kind of team, and they really right. need um, – again, you cannot – You need to solidify that win. You need, and again, a, a loss to a one-win team would be – again, you lose to a, an 8-1 and one team – not nearly as bad. You lose to a right. one and eight team. Uh, yeah. That's significant in terms of those rating points. So week 11, again, used to hold no intrigue at all. You're resting starters. You're looking ahead to uh, to playoffs. And 
that is not the case now. You have got to finish strong. You know, Bartram Trail, you're trying for a 10-0 season and to, to hold on to that number one seed in, um, in, uh, in the 4S Suburban Division. For Ponte Vedra, another big one, you got Creekside, national rivals there. Those two schools came into play at the first year, uh, came into, into existence the first year together, 2008. So they've been connected since then, and Ponte Vedra really needs to win uh, to get into that playoff conversation uh, in their region. Creekside is already in. Um, but again, you're you need to win. You cannot afford a slip down in seeding. You know, if you're a team, a, a team uh, like uh, Riverside, you don't want to, you know, possibly fall out of the playoffs. But you need that win as well to hang on to that spot. So there's so many scenarios right. this week in play. And it's Sunday. We'll hear and, and learn of those playoff brackets. We have a good idea of what those look like now. But in some of those situations and again, if you got a forfeit or anything coming along the lines, which we've seen re in recent weeks. That is always a, uh, a situation where it uh, could shake up some teams and, and squeeze somebody out. So um, some very good games this week. Which ones you uh, – if you're a fan this week telling others to go out and catch a game sponge, what two are you at this week? I'd probably go to Bartram Trail Mandarin, just like because you said uh, Bartram Trail's been hot all year, uh, our number two team, playing like a number one team. You know, they had – they were trying to find themselves, you know, it seemed like early in the season where they kind of leaned on their defense and their defense was lights out, shut out mode, played really good ball. Then the offense would, would click one week and score a ton of points. And, and they, I feel like in the last several weeks, as the season, as the schedule is beefed up, they've actually played better ball and they're, they're, they're peaking and playing great ball at the right time. And, you know, we talked about Mandarin as like being, possibly, you know, one of these sneaky teams. Um, so if, if Mandarin's going to, you know, go guns blazing, let's see what Mandarin's got. This is a great, this is a great, uh, you know, test to uh, see where you're at before the playoffs start. So I, I like, I want to see the matchup and see if, if uh, Bartram shuts down that passing attack. You know, does Sharif lock up Jamie French all night long? You know, can Kieran Jackson, you know, beat somebody on the other side because, you know, Jamie's getting locked up by Sharif. And, and, and then on the flip side, you know, can Mandarin stop that attack that's going – Bartram's starting to score a lot of points, man. When you're putting up 50 now, 50 spots and 60 spots, like, they've got – they're clicking right now. So, I think that is a heck of a game. And then you said it before, too, that creekside Pontevedra game, I just kind of like that St. John's County matchup as well. It's just Pontevedra has been one of those kind of scrappy teams that's kind of won some games they might have shouldn't have and then lost some games that they should have won. And, you know, Creekside's been one of those teams all year that's been pretty good, but they lost the, the two that they needed to win if they wanted to win that district. You know, so I think those two matchups uh, are the best, in my opinion, this weekend, besides that Thursday night matchup. Yeah, Thursday night matchup is uh, the headliner for me. But, again, I think uh, the St. Aug Palacas, you know, historically that is just one you cannot miss. And, you know, taking the Thursday night game off the table, I think that's a, a great one. Buholtz Bowls is a good one. Um, yeah. And I, I, I like the Nice-Tacoy game a lot, too. Again, Tacoy's second-year yeah. program. You beat, I mean, again, say what you want about Nice's struggles. They have been in quite a few games. They have a Florida committed quarterback. Their defense has been very, uh, very bad this year and, and given up a lot of points. But I think if you're Nice, you salvage a little bit of respectability and say, hey, we're not, we're not as, as we're not there yet. We're not, uh, we're not to the point where a second-year team is going to beat us. So, I think that's big, and I think for Tacoy Creek, it puts the Toros in a situation where, okay, you're fighting for a playoff spot, but this is a must-win game for you. How do you, you know, have you arrived to the point where you can 
And Mike Kolakowski convinced his players, you know, this is a playoff game. We're playing for our season. We're playing for a, a, a national rival here. We've got to play. I mean, our playoffs start tonight um, if you're Tacoy Creek. I think that is a very good game, despite those uh, the records of Nice. And, you know, I think it's a good shot for Nice and, and Kyle Drafts and Marcus Stokes to go out a win or two against, uh, again, a rival uh, who you really – cannot get uh, beat by and, and passed in kind of the pecking order of things. So Sponge, another great week of football games. Again, a, a high-powered week. Uh, not as big as uh, as Week 10 uh, with district spots on the line, but I think a good one as well. Um, volleyball matchups. We are in the state semifinals now. Had three area teams punch tickets there last night. Uh, Bishop Kinney rolled into the Class 4A state semifinals. They were playing in their 18th consecutive regional final last night they won that game Christchurch with a big win against Gainesville Oak Hall they are in the state semifinals and Union County beats Oscilla Christian to go into the class 1a state semifinals Ridgeview the only local team left and they were playing on Wednesday night for a spot in the state semifinals so Spud we've got a lot of ground to cover in the next couple of weeks we'll talk about playoffs maybe even talk kind of players, players of the you know players of yeah, the year yeah. you know we're getting to the point where we can almost look ahead and say, hey, who are our players of the year? And uh, we'll get to that once playoffs start. There's really two seasons, the regular season and then playoffs. And I really think a lot of, uh, you know, player of the year votes, kind of the guys who step to the front are determined in that postseason time. Definitely. Definitely. Can't wait for it. Like I say, you know, the regular seasons, the, you know, the, the pecking order, getting yourself lined up, you know, banging it out and then, Getting yourself ready for that stretch run, you know, November, late November, the weather hopefully will start changing a little bit, getting a little cooler out there. We got the time change, so it'll be night games, you know, full on for the playoffs. So, like, yeah, that whole second season is coming, and I'm looking forward to uh, the bracket reveal Sunday and, you know, talking playoffs and potential second-round matchups, who we think has got a chance to make a run, who we think, you know, is going to be bowing out early, all that good stuff. Who's going to be playing those uh, games on Thanksgiving weekend and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I'm fired up and looking forward to it. And um, this, hopefully this last week goes out with a bang. Exciting stuff. So another edition of Varsity of Books, week 11 of the high school football season, coming to you this week for Justin uh, Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Varsity Podcast.